You're listening to the Homebody Podcast with Anna, the Anxiety Coach, counselor, coach, author, and anxiety specialist. Here, we talk all things real and raw when it comes to the human experience and the challenges that we may face throughout the journey of life. Open the metaphorical door to expanding your mind and reconnecting with your body and get ready for the actionable and effective steps that will guide you to coming home to your body. Let's dive into the show. In today's episode, we're going to be answering the question that was posed to me, does your memory eventually go back to normal after traumatic experiences? So we're going to be diving into a really deeply significant and complex topic today, the intricate interplay between the traumatic experience and our memories. So what I'm really aiming to do in this episode is shed light on how trauma can really profoundly affect the way we remember events and equally crucial, the possibility of recovery and healing that is accessible to you. Now, trauma's impact on memory is a subject of really great importance as it touches the lives of so many different individuals who face distressing events and traumatic experiences. Whether that is you who has personally experienced trauma or you're seeking to understand to support someone who has, this episode is going to offer valuable exploration of how memory can be altered, fragmented, or even locked away during and after traumatic incidents. Throughout this conversation, I'm going to offer you insights, share some of my own personal stories and provide guidance to those of you who are navigating this complex terrain of trauma and memory. So join us as we dive into this episode and into the depths of trauma's impact on memory. And I hope that this episode comes with the potential for you to see that there is hope and recovery and accessible options for you to utilize in the here and now. So let's dive into what happens to memory during trauma. Now, during a traumatic event, the way in which our memory functions undergoes huge changes. The human brain is designed to process experiences and store them in a really cohesive narrative. So when we're faced with trauma, what happens is this process can become disrupted and it leads to maybe like a fragmented or distorted memory. Trauma has the capacity to really overwhelm our cognitive and emotional systems, triggering the release of stress hormones like cortisol, which can really impair memory consolidation. Now, this is one of the reasons why people often report gaps or lapses in their recollections of traumatic events. You could imagine a shattered mirror reflecting a really chaotic and jumbled image instead of a clear, coherent picture. Traumatic memories are often experienced as the same way, these disjointed fragments where moments of extreme distress may be vividly recalled while others remain hazy or even forgotten. So I want you to just take a moment to go through this real life example with me. If you imagine a car accident survivor who experiences a traumatic crash, They may be able to vividly recall things like the screeching tires, maybe a certain smell, maybe certain sounds. However, the moments leading up to the crash or in the immediate aftermath of it might be kind of foggy or unclear or completely missing from their memory. These fragmented pieces of our memory can be really distressing and confusing and often lead to us kind of questioning the validity of our experiences. 
Yeah, it's really, really important to recognize that this is one of the most common responses to trauma. It is how our brain kind of keeps us safe and gets through those really traumatic experiences. The brain's primary concern during any traumatic event is survival. And I'm going to go as far as to say that the brain's primary concern every moment of every single day is survival. So when we are put under extra distress or stress and we are in a traumatic experience the brain is not prioritizing the creation of a clear coherent narrative this survival mode of just focusing on what you have to do to get through that moment can lead to memory gaps which can be deeply unsettling for those who have experienced trauma in the next section we're going to explore the science behind these memory disruptions as well as the variability of traumatic memory experiences and the potential ways in which we can start to heal and recover. So let's look at memory consolidation and trauma. Memory consolidation is the process by which our brain converts short-term memories into long-term storage, forming a coherent narrative of our experiences. However, when we experience trauma, this process can become bumpy. It's not a smooth journey from the short-term memory into the long-term memory storage bank. So the brain's response to stress, particularly in the context of trauma, can lead to significant alterations in this memory consolidation process. So when confronted with a traumatic event, the brain releases stress hormones like cortisol and noradrenaline, which are intended to help us to respond to threats in the here and now. We need to be able to act quickly. We're not actually thinking logically and rationally. We are just in an action state. So unfortunately, these same hormones of cortisol and noradrenaline can impair the encoding and consolidation of our memories, particularly in the hippocampus, which is a key brain region for memory formation. The result of this is fragmented, disjointed, and often incomplete memories. And traumatic events overwhelm the brain's capacity to process and store information in a linear, coherent manner, leading to what many describe as memory gaps. What's more is that in an effort to protect us from overwhelming emotions, the brain can employ a defense mechanism known as dissociation. So dissociation sits in that dorsal vagal shutdown freeze response. And it is where our whole body kind of goes into parasympathetic overdrive. We are slowing all of our processes down. Our pain threshold increases, our breathing rate drops, our heart rate drops, we become colder in this state. And in a dissociative state, we are detached from reality or we're detached from our body, right? So in this state, memory is kind of disconnected and detached from us as if they belong to someone else. And this protective dissociative state can further disrupt that memory consolidation process, making it really challenging to recall the full scope of a traumatic event. So it's really important that we understand that these memory disruptions are not a sign of weakness or failure at all on your behalf or anyone else's behalf. I really want you to feel that, right? It is a reflection of your brain's survival instincts at work and working perfectly as they are. It is how we get through some of the hardest moments in our life. So when we're under duress, the brain prioritizes survival over memory consolidation, which can result in fragmented and even distorted recollections. 
So as we dive into kind of the variability of these experiences and memory, I want you to really understand that there's no one right way to remember. Understanding that there's a huge diversity when it comes to our memory and it comes to trauma is really important to instill more empathy and sensitivity towards ourselves as well as others. So traumatic memories are not a one size fits all. They come in a myriad of experiences showcasing the profound diversity of how individuals can remember traumatic events, right? So some people can report really vivid detailed memories of the trauma as if it's seared into their mind, while others encounter this kind of fog or fragmented or even repressed memory of the event. And this variation in memory experiences can be influenced by several factors. So we can look at a situation in which two people were in the same car who experienced the same car accident. The first person might recall every single detail from the color of the other driver's car to the sound of glass shattering. And the second person who was there for the same experience may struggle to remember anything beyond the sense of fear and chaos. And they have significant gaps in their recollection. So there is huge variability in the ways in which each individual experiences trauma and thus the way in which their memory is consolidated or disrupted, right? So depending on the individual and how they are processing the information of what is occurring in that moment is really going to play a huge factor in how their memory is consolidated. So one individual may not feel as much fear as the other person. They may not feel as though their life is as endangered as the other person. They may have different kind of past experiences that predispose them or make them more vulnerable to experiencing trauma. There's so much history and complex interplay of our own personal stories, narratives, coping mechanisms, where we're at on that current day and how we're feeling, how resilient we're feeling, how much sleep we've had, the food that we nourish ourselves with that are all going to play a role into how we are reacting in that moment. So something that's really important to understand is that trauma is not held in the event itself. So let's say the car accident, but in how we are responding to the event. So trauma is the fragmentation that occurs within ourselves and it is our own personal reflection of the experience and how we're responding to it is going to be again a reflection of that as well so there's such a diversity in experiences that remind us that there's no one right way to remember a traumatic event and I can personally attest to this so when I was 10 years old I was in a roller coaster accident and there are some parts of that experience that are beautifully vivid and clear in my brain and there are other parts of that memory that are still foggy and hazy and the timeline doesn't quite add up right so it's really about understanding what we want to remember and don't want to remember and what we're ready to remember and what we're not ready to remember as well if you are someone that wants to restore memory gaps that you have but you're finding it really difficult to access those memories it's due to your body not feeling safe enough to actually expose yourself to that emotional 
emotional distress that you might feel from them, right? So there's so many protective mechanisms that our brain and body have in place in order to not overwhelm us because it inherently, our mind and body inherently understands what we are at capacity and what capacity we have to handle different things in our life, right? So if you are already going in and doing lots of inner work and you're bringing up lots of different triggering events, then maybe adding more onto that might be too much for you right now. And so your body continue and your mind continues to protect you and repress those memories and continues to have those memory gaps. But that doesn't mean that your memory will never restore itself either. It's about creating safety and stability within your own mind and body so that then you have this kind of platform to work off to start to rework back into those memories as well. So now I want to touch on a couple of the different coping strategies for memory-related distress or even starting to reclaim that sense of safety in your mind and body so that you can kind of reclaim your body and your mind as a safe place, but also start to expand your window of tolerance and what you have the capacity for as well. So coping with memory-related distress, especially in the aftermath of traumatic experience, can be extremely challenging. And I've got three techniques that I want to share with you today that can really help you in the moment and over time to, like I say, reclaim that sense of safety. So the first one that I wanted to share with you is a beautiful resource called resourcing. Now, this is where we start to kind of really ground into our feelings and sense of safety within our body and mind. It's about identifying the things in your life, or that could be people, places, sounds, relationships, personal characteristics that you feel a sense of safety and choice within, right? So a lot of the time you might've heard of like a safe space imagery. We can create this real or imaginary space in which we expand on a space that gives us a feeling of peace, ease, and calm. So for me, when I am stressed or feeling overwhelmed or feeling triggered, I often imagine a certain person in my life and I imagine myself being hugged and held by that person. And in their arms, I feel this sense of safety, of being encompassed, of being totally at ease and at one with myself. And so it's up to you to find whether that's something real in your life or if you are struggling to find something where you feel that sense of safety, then create this imaginary situation or person or space where you feel that sense of safety for yourself. So it could be a protective or nurturing figure. It could be a place like a beach or a forest that you feel really good in. It doesn't matter what it is, but it does matter that you have this really vivid sensory experience of the thing that you have chosen as your resource. So you want to be able to describe the feelings, the colors, the sensations, the smells, so that you have something really tangible to lean on when you are feeling untethered or overwhelmed or triggered, right? So that is resourcing and it kind of provides this anchor for you to come back to again and again and again whenever you need it most, okay? So number one is resourcing. Number two is grounding techniques. And I'm sure you've heard of grounding techniques before, 
but these are just methods that really connect us to the present moment. It allows us to anchor ourselves to our bodies, to bring ourselves back into this present moment and allows us to feel safe as well. So really simple exercises such as taking off your shoes and socks and putting your feet flat on the ground or outside in the grass and scrunching your toes is a beautiful grounding method. Deep breathing, counting, naming objects in the room can be a really effective way to prevent intrusive or distressing memories from taking over in that moment. So find something that works for you. You might have a grounding object, for example, you might like a rock or it might be a necklace or a certain type of clothing that you wear and have a really, again, a sensory experience, something that you can feel that's something that is tangible, something that brings you back into this present moment. And lastly, I wanted to share movement. Movement, if you have been following me, you know movement is one of my most favorite ways that we can use our body to shift our physiology, to regulate our nervous system, and to release some of that pent-up survival energy that maybe hasn't had an opportunity to really be released in that moment. So we can move our body in certain ways to release and move through difficult experiences, insecurities, past trauma and intense emotions. Movement is a really natural way and I want you to kind of tap into your body to see how your body wants to move in that moment. So for example, if you have a memory that comes up or a fragment of a memory or maybe even that fact you don't have the memory, that you have a gap in your memory, how does that make you feel? What is the nudge that you are getting from your body? Does your body feel angry and kind of tensed up? Do you want to thrash your arms around? Do you want to dance really hard? Do you want to flow? Does it feel more like a kind of movement of water almost? Do you want to create that flowing movement with your body? Do you want to tense yourself up really small and then make yourself really big and confident, right? Any form of movement is going to be a beautiful way that you can allow yourself to move through um, emotions or distressing memories or even the fear of not having the memory in and of itself. And just to tack on the end here, I also want to add that having professional support and using support groups are really, really important when when it comes to trauma because the guidance of someone is a crucial step in forging a really safe and healthy relationship for you to be present, for you to feel safe, and for you to actually be able to navigate these different memories and feelings that come up for you as well. Now, I want you to remember that coping strategies are highly, highly individual. So what works best is going to vary from person to person. So what works best for me may not necessarily work best for you. So I encourage you to explore, be patient, and be okay with finding things that don't necessarily work in the first instance, right? So there's no one-size-fits-all solution. You have to kind of experiment and trial and go through the errors and, and the down downfalls of finding things that don't work for you to find that golden nugget of things that do work for you as well. Before we finish off this first episode of the Homebody Podcast, I really want to invite you to be a part of this conversation. Do you have a question? Do you have an experience? What is your experience? And feel free to contact me on Instagram at Anna the Anxiety Coach, or you can send me an email support at AnnaTheAnxietyCoach.com and share that story because there is so much power in your story and in your experiences, especially when there is a collective of people that have had similar experiences to you as well. 
So as we draw this episode to a close, let's revisit some of the key takeaways regarding the impact of traumatic experiences on memory. So we explored the intricate relationship between trauma and memory. We highlighted how these events can lead to fragmented or distorted recollections causing distress and confusion. And remember, the way that you remember or don't remember a traumatic event is unique to you, and there's no right way to recall it either. The good news is that memory recovery and healing are so possible for you. Healing from trauma and memory-related distress is a journey that does require time, patience, and sometimes professional guidance. It's really important to recognize that you don't have to navigate this journey alone. If you or someone you know is dealing with the effects of trauma on memory, we strongly encourage you to seek support and professional help. You don't have to carry the weight of these experiences on your own, and there are dedicated experts and communities like myself and the Kind Mind Club that have so many resources to provide you assistance and understanding that you may need. Your resilience and strength are a testament to your ability to heal and we hope that this episode has shed light on the path towards recovery and peace. Traumatic memories may be complex, but they are not insurmountable. By acknowledging and understanding and seeking support, you can really embark on a journey towards healing and reclaiming your life, sense of safety and sense of stability within your mind and body. So thank you so much for joining us for this important conversation and remember you are not alone in your path to healing. And finally, if you are searching for a book or a guide to support your journey, then my new novel, The Vegas Nerve Reset, is coming out in the UK on the 30th of November and in Australia on the 5th of December. You can head to the show notes below to pre-order your copy and reclaim your safety, stability, and sense of self.